You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. It is the love Jesus has for a soul. And it's our desire that we will generate such kind of love in the name of Jesus. You see, he did all of that. We saw the journey, the wind, the turbulence and all of that. And ministered to a soul and left. Now, reading the story and meditating, I believe that um, the Lord Jesus would have wanted to do more. But you see, being omniscient, he knew all the things that would happen. And he didn't look at that whole journey. He didn't look at the uh, voyage and say, I will not go here for one soul. His desire would have been that all that city, the Bible says, our God does not delight in the death of the wicked, isn't it? But is willing that all should repent. So he would have wanted all. But knowing that one would respond, he still made the journey. I think that should encourage each and every one of us in our journey at winning souls. No matter what you do, no matter how, you know, the result. In the past week, about two people have stopped answering my calls. People that minister, people that, you know, but I go give up. I cannot give up. Jesus loves them. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So you will face a lot of things that might be discouraging, okay? But knowing how Jesus loves a soul. You know, in the economy of God, the whole world, all the wealth, the money of um, uh, Elon Musk joined with uh, Gates, joined with all of them, and the monies of nations is not what one soul. It says, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? One soul is worth more than every gold, every uranium, every uh, whatever, lithium that is in the world. That's how valuable. So if you're able to win one, you're a champion. Praise the Lord, somebody. Thank you very much. So we can move forward. We saw the demons actually bringing the word of God to Jesus. They said, have you come to torment us before the time? They said, ah, we have an agreement. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So that we are conscious of time. And you know, the Bible makes us understand that the devil is really active. Why? He says, because he knows he has what? A short time. So the devil knows what he has and is making the best of it. I think it was Momichi that told us that why are we always saying the devil? That he's doing his job. So the issue is who is not doing his job? So the devil knows he has a short time and he's actively doing all he's doing. Now we also have a short time. Our master told us that his coming is going to be like a thief in the night, which could be tonight, because the thief does not give notice, except the 1,000 boys in Lagos State. Is it 1 million boys? What's that gang in Lagos? They write letter, B. Ah, during answers. They'll write letter to a whole street. Even DPO will be aware. Then they will clear for them. Then they will come and read. <laughs> but the type of thief we are told is that this thief doesn't give notice. Okay, but yet we are not as conscious, we are not redeeming, we are not buying back. May God make us wiser than 
unclean spirits in the name of Jesus. Okay, the second one, yes, dignity, okay? That's very important because, you see, one of the responsibilities you and I have is that we were made in the image and likeness of God. I read, you know, um, something that happened, true story, you know, and um, he said it was Alexander the Great that a soldier was brought before him for court martial. And as the trial was going on, Alexander asked the soldier, what's your name? And the man said, Alexander. He said, what's your name? The man said, Alexander. He said, what's your name, soldier? He said, Alexander. He said, if you bear that name, then be very careful. Because he was Alexander. Then you can't be answering Alexander and then they'll be telling these kind of things about you. It's a responsibility that you and I are what? Made in the image and likeness of God. The swine, you know, is one of the lowest of, you know, if one were to choose which animal he wants, he, they will push him into. You know, assuming we are from, you know, those people that believe in reincarnation, those that come back as rats and cats and all of that. I'm sure swine will be having decreasing population. Nobody will want to come as a, a pig. Do you understand? But yet we could see that they had dignity. They had self-respect. And that's the lowest. Even when the temptation gets to the point where you are angry with everybody. For your own self alone. Praise the Lord. For who you are. For the one whose image you carry. It should help you say no to certain things. Praise the Lord. Some people say over their dead. There are some things that you consider. That's what the pig said. If there's anybody that said over their dead body, it's these pigs that said it. They said, no, we can't carry demons. We're too clean for that. Let me say I'm too clean for certain things. There are some associations. There are some conversations. There are some things you must not allow. You're too blessed. You're too positioned. You're too valuable. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay, this evening, I want us to see a few things, you know, pick out a few things, and we'll focus... On the lessons we learned from our Lord Jesus, just as a background, it was um, last Wednesday or the Wednesday before that we looked at Peter's encounter with uh, um, uh, Peter and the people in the boat with him when our Lord Jesus Christ walked on water to go to them. And the Spirit of God was reminding me or just telling me, said, did you know that only the disciples knew that Jesus walked on water? That thing he did was in the middle of the night. Why? Imagine if in our time, there's a man of God who could walk on water. What time do you think he'll walk on water? <laughs> uh, he will call CNN, Al Jazeera, all of them. You know. But our Lord Jesus, such a notable demonstration of power, he did it in the fourth watch of the night, when nobody could see it. You know why? The Lord was telling me that the miracles of Jesus were intentional. They were not for show. The demonstration of God's power is always intentional. That's why he would say to the Jews, he said, you do not seek me. I said, I wish you sought me because you saw the signs. But he said, you're seeking me because you ate loaves. So the loaf wasn't the sign. 
It was miracle love, but it wasn't the sign. He wanted them to see something. And that's the danger of many Christians today. They are following signs, signs, signs. This is happening here. This is happening. But, sorry, they are following wonder, but they are not seeing sign. Jesus said, you're seeking me now because you ate the loaves and were filled. That means you can eat miracle loaf and still not catch the sign. Praise the Lord. So he was saying to me that any account where you see our Lord Jesus walk a miracle, you should ask the Lord to show you the sign there. Praise the Lord. He's not the greatest showman. That's, he's not interested in that. Another major demonstration of his power that would have even convinced the Pharisees and the Sadducees and everybody who say, truly, you are the son of God, was transfiguration. He went to a mountain where nobody was. He didn't even show the disciples. You know, some of us, we think showmanship is, you know, equal to Christianity or demonstration of power. It's equal to magic. It's magicians that say, watch me. Do you understand? Our Lord Jesus came to show, to teach, to demonstrate who God was. And you see, imagine if God took time trying to convince you he was powerful. You know how he's going to do? When we wake up in the morning by, depending on when you wake up by 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. or 8 a.m., everywhere will be dark. Then God will now say, ah, sun, bam. Then everywhere will become bright. Isn't it? But how does the sun come up? You really just don't know. It eases. Because God is not in a struggle to show his power. He is omnipotent. Praise the Lord. And that's a level where you and I need to enter into so we can experience that power. Because many times God is walking, but we're not receiving because it's not dramatic. Our hearts are short to the real works of God because we are looking for the dramatic demonstration of God's power. At Lunch Hour Fellowship today, we're learning that if you wake up in the morning, do you know the power that went in for you to wake up? Praise the Lord. Do you know the interventions that God made for you to be able to wake up? But you see, you didn't have a heart attack. They didn't rush you to the hospital, you know, and revive you. So it's not a miracle yet. But God revived you. Praise the Lord. Mercy said no, even this morning when you woke up. Do you understand? The enemy would have had it that something will happen and you wake up. But, you know, all those things are done for us. But because they're not dramatic, we think God is not for us. They're asking questions. God, what have you done for me lately? Don't ask that question if you've asked it before. Please, let him not show you. <laughs> Do you understand? No, don't let God take you behind the scenes. Okay? Just be doing it in eternity, Lord, show me. So he said, in every miracle, he said... It's the demonstration, the revealing of who I am. And that's where our sister helped us really. Because one of the things you see in this account is the demonstration of Jesus' love. All that was to show us how much Jesus loves you. Nobody listening can say, God is too far from me. No, Jesus demonstrated in this account that he and the disciples made a journey that was not easy. Crossed over to a country you know, delivered one man and left. So the sign there is wherever you are, wherever, whatever situation you are in, be sure that Jesus will come for you. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. He will come for you. The financial situation, the, you know, marital situation, 
Whatever it is, we sang the song, if we call to him, he will answer. If we run to him, he will do what? He will run to us. You and I can find that out now from this passage of the scripture, that he will come. Praise the Lord. So these accounts, they settle it. So when the enemy tries to tell you, don't worry, nobody's coming for you. Tell him, even if no man comes for me, my Lord and Savior will come for me. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay? So it's a, another thing we, we pick, you know, sign that our Lord Jesus wants us to see from that account is the power Jesus carries. And as a background to this, you know, little things in the Bible that the Holy Spirit opens your eyes to see. Look at verse 7 and 8. Mark 5, 7 and 8. It says, And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Now verse 8 says, For he said to him, Come out of the man unclean spirit. Now, notice the way the Spirit of God is reporting this account to us. Now, if they say, Who, who looks for my trouble here now? All of you are too nice, Okay. Assuming I'm walking out and Pastor Livingstone jumps on me and starts beating me. Now, he will never do that. Listen, I'm trying to illustrate something. What you're going to be wondering is what happened. Am I right? You're going to be wondering what happened. What did I do to him? Now, the opposite is what is happening here. The way Jesus must have said to the demons come out from him, he didn't flex. He must have just said it casually. And then it was the flexing of the demons that made them explain to us. For he had said to him, come out of him. It is that kind of power. I don't know if I'm communicating. He must have said it so casually that the Bible had to come later to explain to us why the demon was crying out. For he said to him, come out of the man unclean. Normally it would have been, come out! And then they'll say, he came out. But he said it so easy. You know, recently, I don't know, we just discovered our phones. Okay, we have um, Tom Tom Print Security, okay, on our phones. So when I started using it, when Mom Chen and I started using it, we will press. So someday, I don't know, by accident, Mom Chen said to me, do you know this thing? You don't need to press it so hard, though. You just need to just place your finger on it. And then I stopped pressing. My finger has been going flat since because every time I want to open it, that's why I go press. You know, expecting the thing to press in so that the phone will see my fingerprint. That's what this account is showing. He said, for he said to him, what it means is that if you knew the power of God, if you knew who it was who said to you, Give me a drink. Do you understand? You see, there are lessons there. A legion of demons, Jesus did not shout. He said, come out of him. And then the demons started flexing and begging. Hallelujah. It's like, it, it reminds me of some things that happened in Nigeria, you know. Maybe uh, VIO people stop you and they're harassing you. Or police will stop you and harassing you. Then they look into your car. They see military cab. They say, oh God, no, we're just, um... do you understand? You see, there's respect. Praise the Lord. The power of our Lord. You and I as Christians, we have the champion of the host of heaven as our commander. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Yes. Matthew 28, you can put it on the screen, 18, 19, and 20. 
It says, all authority. Jesus came and spoke to them and said, what? How many authority? All authority has been given to our Lord and Savior Jesus. All of them. Everyone. And let me help you understand this. That authority implies both spiritual, government, every authority. He said, it's been given to me. Verse 19 says now, it says, go therefore. Praise the Lord. That is the one who is sending you. Go therefore. Go therefore. That is the Jesus. So we look in this story and we see how powerful, how great the power that is at the back of our commission. Praise the Lord. We see the one that we are standing under his cover. You know, the Hebrews have a saying that when a king sends you on an errand, that when you go to deliver it, you sound like a king. Praise the Lord. Why? Because the king sent you. That's what it is. From this account, we see that these demons, Jesus did not stand, you know, come and do arm wrestling with them. Like we imagine. So you get that revelation when you encounter such a situation. You must not fear. You must not doubt. You settle it. Do you understand? He said, for he said to him. That's very key. He said, for he said to him, come out. That's the, that's the difference in authority. Praise the Lord. He said to him and continued. Just like when he spoke to the fig tree. Let no man eat fruit of it. And he continued. He didn't go around. You know, we would have gone around. Die. 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 Wanting to use volume. To kill it, not authority. Authority doesn't need volume. Let me illustrate authority for you so you, it's very easy for you. You know the traffic wardens on the street? When they wear their uniform and they stand in the middle of the road, they don't have power, but what they have is authority. So now, no matter the size of the vehicle that is coming, that man stands and does like this. What does the vehicle do? The vehicle stops. The vehicle might be a 16-ton trailer carrying cement. If that vehicle decides it can run the man over, do you understand? But authority of the Nigerian state is at the back of that officer that once he's wearing his uniform and does this, that man must stop unless he's mad. There are some mad people in Nigeria, though. I get what I'm saying. That's authority. Now, if that traffic warden Stands where he stands and looks at some cars that are coming and say, That's a big cow, that's a big L'Oreal. And then when he wants to stop, he starts doing like this. What do you think will happen? The lorry won't stop, you'll be confused. Now, that's what happens to you, that's what happens to the believer because you don't know the authority you carry. When you face situations, you panic. Now, the same phone we are talking about. If you tried and you didn't place your hands calmly, your finger calmly, you know it doesn't open. So it doesn't need muscle, but it doesn't need anxiety. That's a word for somebody. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, what? Thank you. Yes, that's it. It doesn't need force, but you need to just know that you're the owner. That's what we see. There's a stability. You know, there's an assurance that I know whom I believe. I've called on him. When you pray in the name of Jesus, Saz and Mass, expect that the authority in that name begins to move for you. Praise the Lord, somebody. Mark 16, before we leave power, very important. Mark 16, verse 15, 16, and 17. 
It says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, okay? That's what he said to me. 16. It says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. 17. It says, and these signs will follow those who believe. Now, read the next word for me there, the next three words. In my name is talking about authority. Authority is not power. In my name is authority. It means I come to Pastor Nad now, okay? Or rather, who will come now? Soso comes to Pastor Nad and say, Pastor Nad, Pastor Kenna, say, jump up five times. Will you do it? Now, does the little boy Soso, can he instruct an elder like that? But when he says, in the name of the senior pastor, that is authority. But if the little boy goes and looks and his mouth begins to shake, will he get any response? That is authority. That's what Jesus has given to me. That's what he has given to you, sir. That's what he has given to you. So when you confront that situation, don't measure your height with its height. Don't measure your muscle with it. There is somebody who sent you. He said, in my name. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. And the beautiful thing is that he says, I will never leave you, no. Because some people can send you in their name. When anything happens, you are looking for them. You can't find them. (laughs) He said, but he himself has said, I will never leave you, no. So when you call his name, he's there for you. Praise Jesus, somebody. Okay, so we see another sign. That he wants us to learn from that. And, we, and we've dealt with that a bit. John 10.10. 10, we see purpose. He said the thief does not come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Okay? So, why did Jesus go over there? He went over there because the thief was destroying. The enemy was, you know, destroying a man. Destroying an environment. Okay? But he says, I have come that I may have life. And they have it one. More abundantly. Now, can you just put the message translation for us, please? I like the way he just simplified. He said a thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. He says, I came so they can have real and eternal life. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. Now, the lesson from this is this. That man's life, was it better after he encountered Jesus? You're sure it was better? So there was a difference in his life. Then you, you have Jesus. Praise the Lord. Any situation and condition in your life that is looking as though it's worse now is illegal. Praise the Lord. The one who has come to you is the one who changes times and seasons. You can stand in the place of prayer and say, Jesus has come into this life. I cannot be low level anymore. I cannot be on the floor anymore. Praise the Lord. It doesn't matter what your other circumstances are. Because Jesus is in you. The Bible says Christ in you is what? The hope of glory. He says, I come that you may have better life. I come that your quality of life will go up. That's what Jesus does. So if all you get tonight is that as you're going from here, you say, I have Jesus. I have better life. I have Jesus. I have superior life. I have Jesus. I have improved life. I have Jesus. I have transformed life. You would have learned the same way that madman were told. He was naked. He was cutting himself. He was dwelling in the tombs. But when Jesus came, what happened? 
The Bible said he was seated, clothed, and in his right mind. That's the least you should be. Praise the Lord. Transformation. Why? Because Jesus' purpose is being accomplished. He doesn't come into your life and leaves you, you know, floating around aimlessly. No, he comes to bring that level of transformation. Let's see another thing he does. First John 3 verse 8, please. And this one is actually more interesting because it will help most of us that are here. He said, he who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning, okay? He said, for this purpose, what? The Son of God was manifested. Why? You know, it says that he might destroy, what? The works of the devil. Now, I want you to go back and read the story again. It says, he who sins is of the devil. Now, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. Okay, we understand that. It said, now, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. What does he destroy? The works of the devil. Okay, now. If you embrace the works of the devil and refuse to leave it, you have joined the queue for destruction. You know, there's a nice uh, line that we tell people. Jesus loves you, but he hates the sin. It's half true. If you embrace the sin, what will he do? Will he now leave the sin? Uh-huh. Jesus' purpose everywhere he comes is to what? destroy the works of, if you separate what did moses say to datam abiram and uh, he says separate yourself separate yourself from this separate 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 why because god is about to destroy the works of the devil if you separate the works of the devil will be destroyed you'll be saved but if you embrace you know these things are so clear that's purpose he can't do anything against it praise the lord that's why when he came there you know he dealt with the demons and you know he was going to continue but they said no he said okay so purpose you understand that can you put that in a there's a translation that helps us catch that very well can we see the amplified of that first john 3 8 before we move on he said but he who commits sin who practices evil doing can you see the word there practices evil doing is of the devil takes his character from the evil one for the devil has sinned, violated the divine law from the beginning The reason the Son of God was made manifest, visible, was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works the devil has done. So if you refuse to be separated from me, I mentioned on Sunday that the reason you hear sermon is for differentiation. You're supposed to resume work tomorrow and you're different from the unbeliever. You're supposed to go home in your marriage. Your, Your home is different from that of the unbelievers. If it's the same... Abba, what did they say to Lord? He said, come out. If Lord refused to come out, what would have happened? Even the wife that came out halfway and turned back, was she saved? Because the purpose is to destroy the works of the devil. If you don't separate, many Christians need to hear this. God will not lower his standard. He doesn't change. Even if he wanted to, he can't change. Say these are modern times. Modern times does, has not made God approve what he disapproved. If you say that, that means you have said that God needed to improve. He said, I'm the same yesterday. I'm the same today. I'm the same. We talked about fornication. What God calls sin is what it is. No matter the name, you call it alternate lifestyle. It's lesbianism. It's uh, homosexuality. In fact, all that lesbianism and homosexuality is sodomy. That is the act that destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. Do you understand? So, for this purpose, it came. Now, the good news about that is this. Anywhere you are, once you're not on the side of evil, you are short protection. 
Are you getting it now? It doesn't matter what they gang up against it. Once you're standing on the right hand side, once you're standing on the correct side, you can be sure that you're saved. Why? Because God will make a difference between light and darkness. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Okay. So we see purpose. We see Jesus' purpose in every situation. Okay. So you're in business, you're at work anywhere, whatever is happening in that office. Just know that all you need to do is keep your hands clean. Don't engage. Don't allow them to bring you in. That was what they tried with Daniel. They wanted to bring Daniel down. What didn't they do? But they couldn't find anything to tie him in. At the end of the day, lion could not eat Daniel because no evil was found in him. Praise the Lord. You see, righteousness is a force. Purity is much more stronger than any dynamic, you know, thing you can think of. Fire could not consume Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Why? Because of right standing. Somebody say, Lord, give me a passion for right standing. Let it be like gold to me. Let it be like diamond to me. Do you know what it means to put you into fire? Fire say, I can't burn this. The fire knows how to burn. The fire burned the seven you know, uh, champions of, of the kingdom before they came. So the fire was working. The same thing with the lions. The lions didn't eat one man, Daniel. But when they trained the family of the people that... Before they got to the ground, the Bible said that, you know, broken them, bone and everything in pieces. What was the difference? Some people were clean, some people were unclean. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay. So another thing we see in that account is Jesus' passion. You know, we've implied that in passing. Isaiah 50 verse 7. We see Jesus' commitment. And this is touching for me and it should touch you as well. Isaiah 57. It says, for the Lord God will help me. He says, therefore, I will not be disgraced. I saw somewhere, I couldn't find the exact translation. This person put it this way. He says, therefore, I will not be distracted. He says, therefore, I've set my face like a flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed. Do you know why you stop halfway on any pursuit? It's because you're not assured of victory. That's why you can be discouraged. As you're sitting here now listening to the word of Every goal that God has put before you, every pursuit that is set before you, God is saying he will help you. Praise the Lord. That boast, you started boasting about God. You've been boasting about how God will see you through, how God will show up for you, how God will deliver you, how God will provide for you, how God will honor you, how God will come for you. Don't be distracted. Why? He says he will help you. In the name of, he will help you. It says, because of that assurance, it says, I've set my face as a flint. Why am I saying that? Look at Jesus' journey. Look at what happened. But yet he pressed on. He could see that madman delivered. He could see that all that wind, all that you know, turbulence, all that you know, battle to cross over will be part of the testimony. When you understand this, you know that the resistance you're facing is just their background to the testimony. Are you hearing me? You will not be disgraced. Why? The Lord God will help you. You're waiting on the Lord. He will help you. You're trusting on the Lord. He will help you. Others are, but you're not. He will show forth and confirm that you're not foolish. Because that's a challenge. After some time, you look to the left, you look to the right, and you're wondering, am I stupid? He says he will help you. Praise the Lord. He will surely help you. Let's look at it in, in the NLT uh, translation, please. It says, because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. 
It says, therefore, I have set my face like a stone. What did I determine to? Determine to do his will. Sometimes doing God's will looks very foolish. And he says, and I know that I will not be put to shame. Praise the Lord. Okay. Another thing we see there, you know, in that account is, you know, Jesus' price or pain. I don't know. I'll explain this. John 12. Come to John 12, 24 and 25. Because, you know, I was quick to, on Sunday when we were talking about the, the city people, how they drove, you know, just ask Jesus, please, leave us, leave us, leave us. And why would they do that? Imagine if they came and Jesus had healed, you know, the madman. And then all their swine was still around. Do you think they would drive Jesus out? If you read the account in Matthew, I think Matthew 8, 29, you will see that the people who went to report what happened, they reported the swine being drowned. That was the big news to them. Their business had been crashed. That was their concern. The man that was healed was secondary. Now, Jesus' prize is that anyone who comes to Jesus... Whoever tries to save his life will lose it. It's it's difficult but simple to understand. Are you with me this evening? I'm going to give you a simple illustration. Okay? Now, if you went to um, which bank now? Who works in any bank here? Okay, I can see. Okay, okay, uh, GT Bank. So, if you went to GT Bank with 10 million naira, okay, and you want to deposit it, will you sit down there and say, where is your MD? Okay, let's say you won't ask for MD. What of the branch manager, the GM? What of manager? You just go to teller. Some of them contract staff. You take your 10 million and give them. They collect it. Give you one faded paper. And when you leave the bank, you'll be saying, I have 10 million in GTB. Because they gave you faded paper. Now, when you come to Jesus, he says, trust me with your life. And you say, no, give me proof. I cannot. It's too much. Ah, how I go manage. But you left 10 million with GT and they give you a piece of paper. You know why? Because you feel GT Bank is worthy of trust for your 10 million. But Jesus has to pay you in advance. He has to show you. He has to assure you that you should follow him. That rich young ruler, if he went to Citibank, he would have deposited all his money. And gone home smiling. But he didn't see Jesus big enough to obey him and commit his resources and follow Jesus. Jesus wasn't going to give him a piece of paper. He was going to be with him. I get him. It's Jesus' price. And you know what, sir? Jesus will not reduce the standard. He that comes to him must what? Believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder. Now, the challenge with this city was that when they saw that loss, they said, we don't want this kind of man around us. They say, go. But we learned on Sunday that they didn't know the compassion of Jesus. Somebody who fed a multitude, not counting women and children, only men, 5,000, and fed them with loaves until they ate and had leftover, will he starve a city? Will he leave them lacking for bread? Ah, Lord, have mercy. Say, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on our unbelief. Jesus is Christ. Many times, Jesus will say, let that go, let that go. 
Johnson, I remember the story, he said, somebody was owing him. And the Lord said to him, go and tell the man, eat the money. Not eat the money, I forgive you. Eat the money is like, <laughs> make the thing choke <laughs> You know, I forgive you. You know, they gave some money to some people to import cars. The man, you know, messed up the money. So God led him, go and tell this man, I release you. You know, don't worry, don't bother paying me again. I'm sure it must have been a struggle. He went and told the man, I release you. You know, don't worry. Don't worry about, don't, you know, pay the other people. My own, about $3,000 or how much? Okay. And he told the man that and left. A few days after, the man died. If he did not release the man, maybe the day he went for the money again, they're saying, hey, please, we're raising money for his burial. Upon your 2000 that you didn't collect, you will now join committee of friends. But after he released the man, he, I'm sure he didn't. But do you understand? He's too big for you to ask for evidence. You have to trust him. And that ties into the prosperity of Jesus because they're together. You see, Jesus is saying to you and I, this afternoon we looked at Deuteronomy 8.18. He said, for it is the Lord that gives you the power to make wealth, that he might establish the covenant which You see, God still gives power to make wealth, but people don't like his ways. But the ways they don't like about God, they embrace it in every other area. The cycle for an Igbo man to bring a container of goods into Nigeria, it cannot be less than six months. In that six months, your money is in the high sea. Do you understand? Then when it comes and they say it has arrived, then you bring out more money. Clearing. Then when it's cleared, it will be in container. Then they bring it to Pakistan. How many of us have heard of Pakistan? Where have when they bring it to that place, you still have not recovered one money from your goods. You wait all of that and you're boasting. Nah, I have seven containers. Here, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, I have seven. And you're boasting. You have been putting money, nothing has come out. But when it comes to God, any little thing you do, you want to pack and ask God to do balance sheet with you. And then we wonder why we're not prospering. Because we don't understand his economy. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and that he abides alone. So many of us are alone. We're just surviving. We can't give. We can't release. We can't trust. We can't trust his kingdom. Just unbelieving. The people they saw their swine die and they said this man is bad business. Pack and go. Praise the Lord. In Genesis 26, we are told the story. Genesis 26 verse 1, 1 and 2. It says there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of Philistines in Gera, verse 2. He says, then the Lord appeared to him and said, what? Well, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you now. Look at what is happening here. There's a famine where Isaac is. Okay? And there was no famine in Egypt. And everybody was jabbing to Egypt. And Isaac was getting ready to go to Egypt. Then God said to him, don't go to Egypt. The question Isaac should have asked God is, and then... You know, look at uh, Rebecca. Look at this sister that can eat like a lion. Eh? Just look at all these people. What will I be doing here? But he didn't ask that question. He stayed. It was from this account. Can you go down to verse 12 now? It was from this account that they said, Then Isaac sowed in the land. Isn't it? Which land did he sow in? A land of famine. I'm sure when he went to farm, he was the only one there. Because nobody was committing seed to the ground then. But he had a word from the Lord. Are you hearing me? He had a word from the Lord. 
So he sowed in the land of famine. It wasn't next day. The Bible says the same year he reaped a hundredfold. If you continue down now, about for 13, 14, 15, they said he began to prosper and continued to prosper and prospered exceedingly until his fellow famine dwellers began to envy him. What was the difference? He was there by the word. It wasn't the land. It wasn't the fruitfulness of the land. It was instruction. I hear me. The prosperity of Jesus. You see, if Jesus were a man, if God were a man, he would have prospered more Christians because we are not bearing very good witness. You know? But he cannot change himself. If there's anything, one of the things you pick tonight, just know that God won't change. And we've learned here that prayer doesn't change God. Prayer does what? Changes us. Okay? So that's the principle. He gives instruction. We prosper as we follow instructions. In the land of famine, Isaac sowed. You can imagine the struggle. Now, anybody who understands the bit of famine here, you see, I mean, now when we say so, you were talking of money and other things. The farmer takes the food he would have eaten. Carries it to the farm. Uses the energy of the little food he ate. And digs the ground and puts it there and goes home. When he comes out, Rebecca will say, what happened to that uh, remaining year? He said, I've sold it. Rebecca will look at Isaac like this. See your head. Do you understand? But that's what he did. Because of instruction. The prosperity of the Christian is by instruction. And it's not popular instruction. Because the Philistines didn't sow. That's how come they were watching Isaac. May the God of heaven show us mercy and prosper us. The Lord our God shall prosper us in the name of Jesus. Okay. Another important thing we pick there is um, I call this Jesus' principles. In the account, Mark 5 verse 2. We saw what happened when he got there. Somebody reminded us of that. How the madman ran and met Jesus in verse 2. And Jesus ministered to him. Okay? Now, in verse 17, we see also how the people of the city together came to Jesus and said, Please, depart from the region. What did Jesus do? Now, Isaiah 42, verse 1 to 3. It says, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles too. It says, He will not cry out nor raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. Now, this last verse, a bruised reed is, um, you know those... Um, is that a Bahama grass? No, it's not Bahama. It's, it's the leaf, those very weak leaves hmm, that grow by the water side. That's so weak. This one is already bruised. It's saying that Jesus will be so sensitive that that one that is bruised, he will not even cause it to die for that. He will so handle it tenderly that nothing will happen to it. A smoking flax is like when you light a match, okay? And then the fire has gone off. But there is little smoke still coming. He said he won't quench it. That he will deal with it so, you know, carefully that he won't quench it. What is he trying to say? Jesus will never force anybody's will. Praise the Lord. Jesus will never what? No, he will never force anybody's will. It's a principle that if you learn tonight, it will help you. 
That's why you can't help but pray. And this prayer we're talking about is not the prayer that you go somewhere. It's a continuous prayer. You hear something, you say, Lord, help me. He has to know you're willing. That's the way we engage him. The madman came to him. He dealt with him. A legion of demons. He dealt with him. The people came and said, go. Now, which do you think? Do you think if he didn't want to go, the people would have made him go? In fact, he would have made the people, all of them, disappear from the city. Amy, Amy Jesus. You're sending me out of the city? Okay, all of you now. Before I change my mind. This, then they'll just relocate. But he wouldn't do that. You know what? We were made in his image. We sit as gods. So when we say to him, go, he will just turn and start going. John chapter 1 verse 10. 10, 11, 12. Let's look at it. He said he was in the world and the world was made through him. Okay? And the world did not know him. So what did he do? He came. Verse 11. He said he came to this world that he made who didn't know him. He came to his own. And what happened? His own did not receive him. Did Jesus force them? No. Verse 12. He says, but as many as received him. What did he do? To them he gave the right. Can you see how important your receiving is? It's not so much the power of the person ministering. As much as it is your reception. Because if the master could appear. But they wouldn't receive. And he couldn't do beyond that. It's a principle you must never forget. Sir, the panadol you did not take cannot buy conduction. Help your headache. Now, the word of God is his panadol. I hear it with me. <laughs> the word of God is his panadol. When the word comes, if you don't receive it, there's nothing he can do. It's a principle you must never forget. You must ask yourself, am I ready to receive? Am I expectant? You know, we have come to the time where, thank God for this, I didn't even know this, thank you Holy Spirit. We have come to the point where if somebody prays for you and does not add gymnastics, you won't be expectant. And God has delivered me from that gymnastics. I don't know how to pray gymnastically. He has been taken off of me. No matter the, what is happening, even the things that I cannot, you know why? He that is seated in heaven ah he's not shaking what did the master say to gehazi he said they that be with us are more than so who was to panic we panic because we don't know who we are do you understand what i'm saying all that demonstration is not necessary now yeah 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 for what listen if i have money in my account bearing network if i transfer 500 it will go i don't need to shake if there is no money in my account, if I shake the phone, <laughs> and I shake the phone, will it convert 50,000 balance to gas 500? <laughs> Tell your neighbor, get money in the account. That is faith. Do you understand? That is, faith. that is what it is. As many as received him, to them, he didn't tell everybody, I'm the owner of this world, you must receive No. But those who received him, he gave them the power. We received the power to operate as sons of God in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Okay, so quickly we want to look at the people of the city. And then we'll look at one other thing, you know, something to learn from the people of the city. The people of the city, we see something there now. We noted it on, a bit on Sunday. We noted that it was, yeah, Matthew says two madmen, but most of the other ones say one madman. Okay, 
The majority of the people in the city were well-behaved, unquote, right? And they were clothed, okay? They were not dwelling in the tomb. So, by all standards, they were okay, right? But now, which man will be okay? And has been trying. We don't know how long they were trying to tame that madman. The Bible said that often bound him, okay? And all of that, and he will break it. Now, somebody comes... And that same man, they are no longer using chain. The man is quiet. He's no longer naked. He's clothed. He's in his right mind. And you people see the man and you drive the man away. The healer that performed that because of pig. We saw that their own madness was superior. You know what their madness was? They were naked of love. And you know what the Bible tells us? It says in all that we do, it says put on love, which is the bond of perfection. The man-man was naked of silk and cotton and velvet. They were naked of love. When the life of a Christian becomes naked of love, he's madder than that madman. That's what the problem the Pharisees and the Sadducees had. That's why Jesus will heal. And they will not be rejoicing that there was a healing. They'll be calculating what time did he heal. Technically, still Sabbath. By now, you shouldn't have been able to. Huh? Why did you do work on Sabbath? Are you getting it? Now, it means now for you and I. One area, we can be called mad in any area. But let us not be mad in the area of love for God and for our brethren. When we miss it there, we miss everything. Because what it does is that it rearranges our direction. The Bible says, if the eye in your body is good, your whole body will be full of life. When you miss love... Your eye has gone bad. You can't see well again. That's the problem we have in Nigeria, where people can see wicked things happening, and they say it will favor me. So let the multitude die, then let it favor you. Love has gone. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Love has gone. How can it be? What is right should be right. What is wrong should be wrong. Praise the Lord. It's as simple as that. So the people said, go from here. Why? Because the Lord speaks. But they gained a man, a man like them, a man who could have been any one of them. But do you know the danger of that? The folly of that is that when you miss that love, the danger is compounded. Now, and I want to ask us as we try and close. The demons, would they die with the pigs? So when the pigs died, what happened to the demons? Let's say there were 2,000 pigs, so at least 2,000 demons. What happened to the demons? They came out. City people, Ayana, they'll be selecting. So I don't choose this one, choose the other one. Because they thought that that man was nothing. His victory and deliverance was not to be celebrated by them. They opened themselves for the thing that possessed the man. We said here, when you love, whatever you do, whatever I'm teaching you, is not for anybody. It's for you. Let's rise on our feet. Where did the demons go? Those demons, they had been given permission not to leave the city. Do you remember? Do you remember Jesus permitted them? They said, don't send us out of this city. So he said, okay. So they were in the city. Swine now dead. And you've driven the only one who can chase them away. You will now be going to them. Ah, baby. <laughs> ah, baby, how are you? <laughs> I'm coming in. Bro, I'm moving in. That's, that's it. In their mind, they thought they had secured their prosperity. They did not know that, you know, they set themselves up for destruction.
tonight, we are going to ask the Lord, clothe us with love. I like the way message put it. It says, Colossians 3, 14. It says, and regardless of what else you put on, it says what? Wear love. It says it's your basic, all-purpose garment. Praise the Lord. We started by talking about faith in God's power. Now, the Bible says, faith walked by love. That's where we want to conclude it. Love, give me a love for you and the love for my brethren. You know, give me a love for right things. Give me a love for things beautiful. Give me a love for righteousness. Give me a love for justice. Give me a love for the well-being of my brother. Give me a love for the prosperity of the family of God. Give me a love. Help me, Lord. Help me. I want you to begin to talk to the Lord. You know, help me. Help me, Lord. Lord, help me. Lord Jesus, come and take my life over. Come and take my life over. You have given me authority. The authority that was given to us was to be his witnesses, to be his representatives. Now, Lord, clothe me with love. I open up myself to your spirit, O oh Lord, to walk with you, to be walked on by you. I present my members living sacrifice. Lord, come and do that work for me. Do it in me. Do it through me. Lord, I surrender to you. I bring myself before you tonight. And I'm saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm not asking you to go. Whatever the price, whatever the cost, whatever it's going to take. Lord, I might not have power of my own. In fact, I know I don't have any power of my own. But I so desire you that I will lie down before you until you make me all that you want me to be. Lord, I want to be your voice. I want to be your vessel. I want to be your messenger. I want to be your instrument. I want to see with your eyes. I want to touch with your hands. Lord, you've given me authority to do good. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And you have said as the Father has sent me, so send I you. Lord, so tonight I see in your word. I see your demonstration of power. I see your superiority over unclean spirits. Lord, I see your love. I see your passion. I see your prosperity. And tonight, all I'm saying is, Amen. I'm saying, Yes, Lord, I receive it. Amen. I say, It becomes my portion. It becomes my experience. Lord, come and be all of that to me. Come and be all of that. I receive grace, oh Lord. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.